you can get a sense that only those who who go away are um, are hearing from God or are experiencing Him in a powerful way, and that's not what we want to communicate here. Um, what's really powerful and amazing to think about is every single Sunday, um, we could we could not teach the Word of God and not praise Him, and we. And, and we would think that's unbiblical, so that's why we do that, by the way. But we could just spend time coming together, gathering, and proclaiming the great things God's doing in our life and the need. And those always work hand in hand. The reason why, though, that we intentionally, several times a year as a church, are going to think in terms of this song that says, send us out, Lord, send us out. It's the nations that need to, your heart and vision is so much bigger than just our world, is because of the fact that we're human. And God just knew as humans what we tend to do is we tend to just turn inward. And we tend to start thinking about our little world and our needs and even our neighborhood, not none of which is bad. But there's an intentionality that needs to happen to go, oh, yeah, there's other people that live radically different lives than me. And what we're going to do this morning is twofold. One is we're going to hear about some of the amazing things that God is doing. We're also going to see a video that's really powerful And it talks about the persecuted church around the world. Last week was this kind of nationally organized, actually internationally organized week that was a prayer for the international uh, persecuted church, people around the world, this morning that are literally dying rather than deny Christ. Being chased from their homes, being stripped of their jobs, of their dignity, of their family, and some of them being martyred. This is happening this morning. This is happening today. It's a reality. And we're going to point to some things in Scripture, and we're going to, as a church, unite with brothers and sisters around the world who are praising God in a much different worship environment than what we're doing right now. Part of why I want to have you here from people who have gone outside of this body is that God speaks really loudly when we're out of our comfort zone. Some of our ladies are going through a book that says, if you want to walk on water, what is it, gals? You've got to get out of the boat. And there's some people here who you're going to hear from who, in, in essence, got out of the boat and took steps of faith. God showed up in some really powerful ways and opened their eyes to some things. And so what we want to do is bring the Mexico team up right now. You're going to hear from some people that went to Mexico. Come on up, Jonathan and the, and the team. And uh, you're just going to hear a little bit about some of the things that God did. There's, there's many from our team that are not here today. They're out of town uh, several college students came from Valley Church, and uh, and and they went as well. Uh, but you're going to hear from just kind of a, a sampling of some of the people from Mexico here. So my name is Jonathan. Um, I went on the Mexico trip last year and this year, um, and I have a dog up here with me. His name is Pancho Villa, and you might guess that I got him in Mexico. Um, last year we went, we helped out a family down there. And they were so grateful that they really wanted to give us one of their dogs that they had just had. So we brought him back and, uh, we, we got a really unique experience of, of, uh, really being able to share what we did through this dog. Um, Dee's a very friendly dog. We'll go up to anybody and we, any, anybody that we talk to asks about him and, and where we got him and we were able to say, you know what, we went on a missions trip in Mexico and we were able to help some people out and, uh, and just tell them everything through this, through this little, guy that I got right here. Um, we went back this year, and we went back a day early to see the family that we had helped out last year, and it was it was a different kind of experience, because last year we went to uh, 
to bless them and, and do work on their house because they they didn't didn't really live in a in a in a house that that would be up to our specs. You know, they didn't have uh, electricity for I think it was seven years, and they barely had running water, no hot water, not even a fridge. Um, and uh, this year we went and we were able to really let them be a blessing to us, and that was that was humbling in a different way. Uh, the the person whose house we worked on was a pastor and. And he brought us to his church and, and, uh, shared with us a sermon and, and, uh, had the privilege of, of baptizing his son in front of us. And, and, uh, it was, it's just amazing to, to see the people that, the people that we talk to and, and how they live their lives. Uh, one of the coolest things that he, that, that I heard while we were there was, um, you know, I think of, I think of me being here, being blessed in America and having all this stuff and giving it to somebody who's less fortunate. Well, he was telling me that even he goes out and, and gives what little he has to other pastors down uh, closer to Mexico City and uh, shares with them what he can. And that was really humbling for me, not only to see that that uh, he helps out other people, but I know that he's got less than me, and, and he's still sharing what little he has with the people he can just to share God's love. And it's, and it's such an amazing experience, and I'm so grateful for, for the chance to do it. So uh, I went down with uh, Mexico with my wife, and I brought our two kids. They were six and three, and that was um, a step of faith for me. Um, just because I had been there before, and um, and it was it was challenging because usually there are quite a few kids that will go, and I and then this year it turned out that my kids were the only ones that were going. So I was really nervous about just how they would do. Um, and if you have children, you know, brothers and sisters don't always get along and um, just various things that um, we were concerned about. But um, praise God, they they did well on the trip. It was something that I felt was important for them to be exposed to uh, life outside of the U.S. and, and what other people uh, have and don't have. And so uh, I was just uh, really thankful that, that God answered our prayers and that you know, they went down there. We had a great time. They got to see um, an orphanage and, and some of the poverty that are down there. It's down there. So, um, you know, that's, that's my summary of a trip. Uh, well, there are many things that I I learned from different people, but I just want to focus in one thing that uh, it's about. How is it like you know, to be a missionary? Well, I, I don't mean that I, uh, that I have that experience, but just walking down there that I'm seeing how, is that George and Stacy? I don't remember that. Yes. And uh, these couple, you know, they are from uh, Santa Cruz, right? So they had a comfortable life just like you and I. And they took on the task of, uh, uh, do they have like about 30 orphans now? Right? And with the, the U.S. standard of 1.7 children per family, <laughs> I mean, you, you can calculate the kind of problem they, they, that, that they have. Right? They, they, they are responsible for, you know, all, you know, their welfare, you know, that they have enough to eat and, uh, um, 
uh, how are they doing, you know, in their school and uh, all the all this the, the sibling inviting and uh, well, it's wonderful to 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 see how they work. And uh, one of the first thing that I I've observed or well, was kind of negative, but but I have to adjust my mind was that I uh, I took on the task of uh, fixing bites <laughs> with thirty children. There were bites and bites and 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 they almost all of them had flat tires, right? And and I I I took three boys and uh, fixed these bikes. And one of the first things that I I observed was that Stacy uh, went to the bike shop and she was just working on the exercise machine and watching TV. <laughs> well, now I'm working. And so I thought, wow, what's going on? <laughs> well, but, but when I think, right, well, they are being consumed 24 hours with all these kids, right? And I'm just down there on a vacation. <laughs> and, uh, and so now I understand, right? They have what I was going down there working for those few hours is affording them to have, you know, an hour of Along, you know, uh, without the kids, and then I also have uh, have an experience of uh, disciplining the children, and I wasn't too happy about it right, because I have to, uh, well, I have to discipline someone. Right? Well, but then I thought of, well, George has to do it, you know, day after day, you no, know, not just three days over a year, and and he has to do it with uh, thirty children instead of three. And so, uh, you know, this experience is really, you know, well, teaching me to be humble and understand them more, and so I can pray for them you know, more effectively, hopefully. Let me, uh, let me invite the roses up. Why don't you guys come on up? Are you going to do the video first, before or after? This is awkward just to handle this right in front of everyone. <laughs> Why don't we do it first? Gloria, put it on in just a second. One more thing about Mexico. I remember sitting with, uh, with George and Stacy, who are the missionaries that is, uh, as Chi pointed out, they had a good life in Santa Cruz. They lived much like the rest of us do. God put it on their heart. They obeyed. All they did was they simply took a step of faith. And we're sitting across the, the table, uh, from them where, <laughs> Or about 15 to 20 rambunctious boys eat three meals a day, so it was just a mess, you know. And Stacy was working something while George was working something, and they asked me this. They said, "Dave, they said, how do you, as a pastor, how do you motivate people? How do you get people to just get outside of themselves? Because it's so easy to just get going in your thing, and in the job, and in what's happening next weekend, and in what I'm wearing." and in how my car is doing, and in the vacation package, and all the stuff. And as we sat there and just pondered that, I said, you know, I said, teaching is one element for sure. God says, proclaim the word, and teach, and rebuke, and encourage, and instruct. But beyond that, we both agreed that, you know, modeling it is huge. Just seeing other people go, and if there's a 
God's doing things in your life where you're like, man, I wish I went on Mexico. That's a great thing going on. That's God at work in your life. And it spurs on going, man, maybe next time I'm going to get on this. So teaching is one thing. Modeling is another thing. But really it's a work of God, isn't it? So you just pray. And I want you to know, I want you to know as your pastor, I pray for you guys. I constantly am thinking about you and going, God, what's the next level of commitment for this face, for this person? Some of you I know pretty well. Some of you I don't know super well. But but that's another thing. And then the, the last thing is this, just what we're doing this morning, just keeping it in front of people and just keeping the mission of what we are as a church right in front of you. With that in mind, look at this. This is in our own country now. Now we're not even crossing a border. We're just flying down to the south and this is in New Orleans. Mind you, this took place this last summer, some three years after Hurricane Katrina hit. And here's the need that's still going on. Why don't you guys hit the, um, the video? There's a really cool song playing behind this. So just to kind of imagine that. By the way, it was um, the Rose family who's going to come up in a moment. And we kind of partnered. They, they partnered with the high school group over at Valley Church with Darren Johnson. And so it was a joint effort. Roses, can you guys come on up? Come on up and just start your sharing over this. I want you guys, I want you guys just to let these images kind of roll as, uh, as we go. Um, just so you know, it's, uh, every image has a story, as you guys know. And so for me, seeing the Superdome, for instance, uh, put back together, I was there the summer before these guys went, uh, with my son Ethan, and, um, and even some of the rebuilding that's gone on is huge. Um, but here I'm gonna let the roses share a little bit. There's a music to, to that. And we should have probably been narrating, um, the pictures. Um, the whole uh, message that I got from the trip was from the get-go, um, I have a really big issue with fear. And I was uh, made very well aware that I was being held in bondage by by fear. And um, as some of you have heard, you know, the way the story began was I was at a women's retreat and felt the Lord kind of hit me on the head say, go talk to this woman you don't know and volunteer to go in, on this trip for whatever reason. And then um, we were late in getting our money. I mean, it was we were like three weeks or a month after this trip had already started to be planned, and but it was really obvious we were supposed to be. And then, you know, boatloads of money just kept coming in. And God just said, you're going to be there. Don't fear. You're, you're going to be there. And... Um, so I, I was pretty nervous because we had too much money and we were obviously supposed to be there. And so I knew God was going to really move um, mightily while we were there. We were, this trip was not a swinging a hammer kind of a trip. We were there. Our tools were sidewalk chalk and hairbrushes and jump ropes. And um, we were there to love on kids. And um, shock that he sent us there. Um, as you might know, we, we don't like children very much. Um, um, so the message, though, for me is that um, we are, our women's group is going through the book. Um, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And um, there's a gift in that. If you don't trust and you don't get out of the boat, you will not feel that the gift that Peter felt by stepping out in in faith. And um, through that, the other disciples thought Peter was a nut. And sometimes when we step out in faith, we're going to look like crazy people. 
So um, I can go on forever about what happened there um, and the changes, but the change mostly for me is that God said, I'm there, you know, let go of the trapeze, I'm going to catch you, get out of the boat. So I just want to encourage all of you that um, you have something to give, you have it. Like um, Jonathan was saying, it may not be a million dollars. It may be coloring with that Deshaun, that little boy that's in that the video. It may be letting little girls touch your blonde hair. You know, it may be something as small as holding a baby that the mom, you know, couldn't care less about. So step out of the boat. So he's waiting there for you. Um, so for me, um, it was really incredible just to be on this trip because um, we went to Castle Rock, which is the church um, that organized the whole um, youth groups coming down. Um, and it was just incredible to see the work that's got, that God is doing um, with the church and the people there. Um, personally, um, the most, the greatest part for me was um, during the evening we would go down to the projects and basically, it was kind of like an Awana circle, and we would just play with the kids, you know. Um, we were either playing in the circle, or we were just, you know, loving on the kids, letting them play with our hair, um, coloring with them, you know, chalk and stuff. Um, the other day, we had a group, I guess, re-gathering just to talk about what we had done. And, um, yeah, a couple of the guys from the church were here. So, um, and one of the things that they shared was, or they talked about was, um, you know, our faith is not demonstrated by how much we know, um, you know, how beautiful we can sing songs, but it's showed through the love that we show, the love of God. And um, this was a great opportunity that we had just to go love on these kids, Um they come from very broken homes, and you can tell they're very angry, and um, a lot of the kids are just, they're just mean to each other. So for us to be able to go there and just be a positive influence, you know, someone they can just look at and say, you know, we were just there to love on them, but through our love we were showing that there's, you know, God is still there, you know. There's someone who can fix their brokenness and who can... Um, give them hope in their lives that they don't necessarily have. So it was great to be part of the whole experience of just loving on the kids and, you know, showing them the love of Christ. So. All right. Well, I'm Stephen. I just thought I'd let you all know that. Um, but I also went on the Orleans trip, and I thought it was really not only fun, but it was like, a good experience, like, to not only, for me it was more, I enjoyed playing with the kids, but I also really enjoyed getting to know the people who I went with, not only from the Valley Youth Group, but also the people from the teens from Wisconsin and also Illinois. I really found that I, I found some, I found lifelong friends that I still, I am still in contact with, and that I will probably be in contact with for a long time. And it was really cool just being able to connect with people who are there to do the same thing and learn what their thoughts on the 
trip were and what their preconceived thoughts and what they thought it was going to be like. Um, and also, like, what they got and watching other people grow and learn right alongside you, which I thought was really inspiring and also helped me grow as well. And it was all around just really cool just being there. And also playing with the kids and <laughs> learning and watching. Also, like, it was really inspiring for me to hear Dingo, which was one of the interns at Castle Rock. We sat down with him one, one night, and he told us his story, how he went through Katrina with his family. It was just really amazing. And how he is still a strong person through all that and how he has grown and all those things that he went through. That, that stinker right there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, it was a really good trip all around and I got to know a lot of good people. We want to, um, we want to go ahead and dismiss the, uh, the children at this time and uh, and their teachers. Um, the Cummins class is not being dismissed. They're going to be staying in here for the duration. Uh, we're going to be having more music and some more uh, story kinds of things going on. So um, just a note on the Cummins class. If you're part of that, stay here. We have some other things um, just in store for you, but we want to move right now just into a time of communion. And um, just to kind of give you a heads up of, of this, this layout here, um, there's two tables here this morning, and they, they represent two uh, very different kinds of things, but in some ways some very similar kinds of things. Um, Christ is our model. As a Christian, we're following hard after Christ. We're, we're, we're wanting to mimic him and grow in Christ-likeness. That's Christianese for becoming like Jesus Christ, who's our Lord and the one we're following after. And right now, we want to celebrate communion. Third Sunday of every month, we take a time as a family. And this is for a believer who would just say, I've, I've placed my, my faith and my trust, and I recognize and accept the salvation that's offered in the sacrifice that was made on the cross by Jesus Christ. And we're going to sing a couple of songs, and as we as we play through these songs, they're going to talk about this, and they're going to reflect on that. And during those two songs, I would just invite you, when you're ready, if you're a believer, you may you may go back to the table and uh, and take a little piece of bread. And this is from the Last Supper, as most of you know, and and it's Jesus just saying, "Look, I'm about ready to go away, but this is my body, which I'm giving for you." And so when you gather, you eat this. And you remember me. You remember the sacrifice that I made. Now here's what's fascinating is that we are told all through scripture, go and do likewise. What this other table here represents is this whole debt of love campaign that we're doing. And it's just a fundraiser. It's saying, God, we're bringing over and above our regular giving to make this church go on and the ministries go on. Over and above, we want to sacrifice. It's all yours anyways. And to further the gospel around this neighborhood and around the world, we want to sacrifice. You're going to hear some lines in this in these songs that are so powerful for you and I to pay attention to. You and I, we are healed 
by your sacrifice, that the life that you gave, the way we receive life is because someone else sacrificed. Many of you have sacrificed your money to put the roses in New Orleans to change lives. You sacrificed gifts to put people in Zimbabwe this last year. This size of a church shouldn't be sending people to Zimbabwe. That means God's doing something here. He's doing something in your hearts to sacrifice and to give away. So right now, we're going to play a couple of songs, and I would just invite you when you're ready to go take some of the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and dip it into the the grape juice, which represents the blood that he shed for us, that he sacrificed for us, that we would have life, and to take it and eat and remember Jesus' sacrifice. I want you to turn your attention um, to this video, and like I said uh, last week, uh, literally thousands of churches... um, just stood together in solidarity and said, we take seriously the biblical notion that when one part of our body hurts, we all hurt and we all suffer. And those aren't just people in videos we're about to watch. This is your uncle. This is your child's face that you'll see. This is your brother. This is your sister. And this is current. This isn't a video from years ago. I want you to watch this video. Mi esposo estaba predicando el evangelio al aire libre. Vinieron los guerrilleros, se lo llevaron a la selva y le dispararon. Tôi bị cái đám 8 năm tù về tội phổ biến kinh thánh và những tài liệu họ cho rằng có phương hại tới an ninh quốc gia. today, forces of darkness seek to extinguish the gospel, but the light of Christ continues to burn in his followers, and we are called to strengthen what remains. One person can make all the difference. One person can bring hope. One person can stand in the face of the enemy, praying and providing Bibles to those who suffer. That person can be you. This is what challenges me. Every day I'm confronted by this reality. People are giving their lives for Christ. 
and I realize my life is so different. They think about the mocking, the torture, and even their death. Many live on after losing loved ones who were killed because they refused to deny that they were followers of Jesus Christ. And I wonder, what can I do? How can I really help? First and foremost, they truly need prayer support. So I can pray. You can pray. Together we can engage in this spiritual battle. God will answer. He will provide spiritual courage, faith, comfort, and hope. We can pray on behalf of the little boy whose father has vanished in the night into the hands of hateful men. We can pray for the aspiring college student in an Islamic country who's been beaten almost to death because she has chosen to follow Christ. We read in the Bible about God's provision and love for widows, teachers, pastors, and fathers, and His love for the children is tender and protective. Young followers of Jesus know this. But those who suffer because of their faithfulness need access to these and other words of encouragement. They need the assurance from our Lord who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. In heaven there are many mansions. I'm going to prepare one for you. But living words like these have been outlawed, confiscated, and removed from many places that are hostile to Christians. As a result, those who need a Bible often don't have access to one. This is especially true for the children and youth of the persecuted church. Hebrews 13.3, and Hebrews 13.3 says this, Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Now I want you to know, it is not even true that all of us should jump on a plane tomorrow and go to some of these places. And that's what's a miracle about the way God's wired the body of Christ. Some of you are insanely good at making money. Keep doing it. Honestly, that's what God's created you to do. You know what? You funding people like Dwayne, Dwayne, come on up here, and others who are supposed to be going to the front lines and carrying out some of the work. I got to go in, in fall of 05 and teach to a very rural part of China to some people who had literally given up everything for about a three-year program to be in Bible college, the age, age range of 18 to a woman who must have been in her 70s. And there was about 60 of them, and it was in a much smaller, different kind of room than this. And it was so powerful to not, didn't care that Valley Church had sent me or anything about Valley. Valley's church wasn't even mentioned. It was the church in America loves you and cares for you. And it just so happens that Valley Church, my sending church on that trip, had paid for every single one of these students to receive a commentary on the whole Bible. Guess what? For most of them, that was the first Bible-type study book they had ever received in their life. And I was so moved watching them be moved by getting a book and having tears run down their face that I asked them to all hold up their books for me. I said, would you all hold up all of your books? And I took a picture And that's just one of the most inspiring pictures because I think about my own Bible college experience. I think about Berean, you know, which is a mile away, a bookstore that has a thousand and one books. How many Bibles do you own in this room? 
And here they are receiving it and just overjoyed that the church in America would care enough to spend money on them, to pray for them, to care for them, and just and to send people over to encourage them. Dwayne just got back not long ago from a trip to China. I want to have you just hear a little bit about it. Thanks, Dave. Um, if that uh, PowerPoint's ready. Okay, great. Uh, so the first thing I want to do is uh, we're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. So you're going to get a little practice of that right now. Uh, so Chi and, and Sonia, you guys don't get to participate in this language part. Uh, but I'm going to say the first phrase for you so you can kind of see what it is. And then I'm going to ask for two volunteers, one person to try the second phrase and somebody else to try the third phrase. Phrase, right? So you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, at least two of you in here, or we'll be here a really long time. So, uh, so the first phrase is ni hao. You want to try that? Ni hao. That just means hello. Okay? So ni hao. Okay, so who wants to try to say great? Go ahead. Very close. That's actually zao sheng hao, which means good morning. So excellent. So my wife, Gina, who um, did not go with me on the short-term trip, but we were uh, we were full-time missionaries there for two years from 2003 to 2005. Um, so who's going to try the third phrase? Whoa, we got some fast hands. I'm going to go over here. Yes, young lady. That is really close. It's Yesu Aini, which means Jesus loves you. Right? So those are some very important phrases if... Uh, if you decide to go to China. Um, the, the other thing I want you to do is just for a second, who, who watched the opening ceremonies of the Olympics this year? Just raise your hand. Okay, so for those of you that did, you got a real sense of the vastness of the Chinese nation and just how many people are there. In Beijing, there's 20 million people. In the Bay Area, I'm talking like Marin all the way down to Morgan Hill, there's 8 million. 8 million, 20 million, and it's about the size of San Jose, right? So <laughs> when you get there, there's a deep sense of, holy Toledo, what did I get myself into, right? How am I ever going to accomplish anything? Um, so what I, what I want to show you now is uh, China has a long history of spiritual bondage. Um, they, they are now an atheistic nation. Uh, atheism is taught. Uh, in all the schools, all the colleges, everything. Um, but they still have ancestor worship, Buddhism, um, you know, Muslims are, are a minority group there. So they have a very long history of spiritual bondage. Um, so there's a great opportunity. When, when my wife and I were had, uh, actually she wanted to go on a missions trip and I was busy making money and so it was like, uh, I'll send people. Um, and God told me, no, uh, people are what's needed. Money is good too, but I really feel a deep sense that there's two or maybe three people in this room that God's been speaking to and maybe you're fighting him. I'll tell you, it is the greatest thing to follow after God, no matter what he tells you to do. I own, I own my own business. I walked away from my business, went to China for two years, and I'll tell you, since my return, God has blessed my business more than I could ever have imagined. 
So there is no safer place than in the center of God's will. Um, so there's a long history of spiritual uh, bondage, um, but there is a huge hunger for more. A huge, I mean, you can see this church. They got people sitting way outside just, you know, hungering to learn about the love that Jesus has for them. In America, we have the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. In China, they have the silver rule, which is don't do to people what you don't want them to do to you. It's a vast difference. It's a vast difference. So when they see you ministering to them, loving them, the way that God loves us, it, it is, it, an amazing thing happens in the hearts and minds of these wonderful, wonderful people who we love. Um, so ministry opportunities abound. So while we were there for two years, you know, um, the, the one where I'm playing cards, uh, that's actually in Tibet. She was a student of ours and we went and lived with her family with a, in a little city called Moju Gonka, about 5,000 people, no running water, washed our clothes in the river. It was amazing. Uh, there's my tennis ministry, right? Uh, there's our pizza ministry. Um, you know, there's just having people over to our house, spending time with them, right? Um, all these things are just, you know, on a daily basis if you're over there full time. And as I went over, I just got back from a short-term trip, basically going and ministering to the people that we built relationships with while we were there from 2003 to 05, and also ministering to the current people that are there full time, spending time with them, taking them to TGI Fridays, which is like a big deal, right, uh, over in Beijing, right? Um, so there's all sorts of opportunities um, that abound. Um, and sometimes something miraculous happens. Uh, I love this man. Uh, his name is Jusper. He was the head of the Communist Party for his campus. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to understand. He, is the, he was the head of the party for his campus. And through spending time with him, going through More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell, in Chinese, with him. I don't speak Chinese. I mean, it's just a book translator, right? These are all English major students. So basically, you can talk to them just as I'm talking to you. They t- they, by the time they get to college, they've had eight or ten years of English, right? So their English is pretty good. They don't think it is, but it, you know, they, they study different than American students. Um, so then, you know, he, he got baptized. He's risking everything. You know, his, his position within the party, his ability that that opens up job opportunities and whatnot, he gives that all up. Um, I, I love the fact that there are no lukewarm Christians in China. I love that fact. I love the fact that there's people here in the United States in this room with me right now that God has been speaking to, and you guys have a heart for Jesus. You know, as, as Dave was talking about, um, you know, for, for a, a church this size to be sending people and doing some of the things we've been doing, um, it, it says a lot about, about the heart of the people in this room. Um, and I just want to, you know, I, I just want to encourage you to, to keep that up to, to really pray. Um, my wife and I, Gina, we, we fought. <laughs> we fought a lot because I didn't want to go. <laughs> uh, and basically I broke down and I prayed, okay, God, if you want me to go, you gotta change my heart. Well, you got to be careful what you ask for. <laughs> you got to be careful because he'll give it to you. Um, 
but it's the greatest thing that we ever did. Um, uh, so, you know, I was saying sometimes, you know, actually it can happen quite often. These are all students that accepted Christ while we were in China. It, it is it is amazing the spiritual hunger, the openness that is there. Um, when we went, somebody said, I want to give you money to buy Bibles to bring them to China. I said, don't do that. Give me the money. Let me buy Bibles in China. Because if you bring in a Bible from outside China, then it's illegal. But if it's a Bible that's printed in China, and they have free access to it. then you And they're $5. $5. So we were able to buy a whole bunch of Bibles and things like that for, for our students um, and give them some, some materials. Um, you know, and then there's also those in China that are still seeking. You know, two of my really close friends and you know, spent time with them when we went back, and they're asking really good questions, but haven't made the decision yet. Um, uh, there's opportunities here in the United States as well. Uh, these are uh, delegates that come over from China. These are government officials that study at San Jose State University, and you get to, you know, just be friends with them. Go do something with them, like every three weeks. You know, go take them out to the Coney Gardens, take them to Santa Cruz, spend Thanksgiving with you and your family. There's all different things that you can do. And these people then go back and they're running, they're running what happens in China. There's a saying, right? Everything that happens, everything you've heard about China is true. Because maybe it's true in one part of China, not true in another part. Maybe it was true five years ago. Maybe it's, you know, not true now, whatnot. So these are people that are setting the policies that determine whether or not Christians are persecuted in China or not. So you can spend time with these types of people here. And then they go back, and they're the ones that are going to determine the openness or the closeness of their individual communities. Um, and so this is a, a saying that, that I really like. Um, I can't see it very well. It didn't come out. Uh, it, it says, um, uh, obedience, um, gosh darn it, I'm, I'm falling short right here. Uh, Following after the great commandment, you will have a great life, right? And so that's a picture of my wife and I in Tahoe just this last year and, and some of the things that we've been able to do since our return. But um, it is absolutely true that just following after Jesus wholeheartedly, you're regardless. You know, a lot of my friends, even Christian friends, thought, you know, Dwayne, you're crazy. You know, you're making this money. Stay here and send people. Whatever God is telling you to do, that's what you do. If you do that, you are going to be blessed beyond any measure that you can ever imagine. So um, I just I just want to share that with you. Um, thank you for for supporting you know my trip to China and and uh, supporting the orphanage there and, and things of that nature. So um, thank you very much. Thanks. Let me go ahead and uh, just invite the band back up, and um, we're going to shift gears a little bit here. We've we've heard a lot of different things that God's doing, and um, by the way, Jonathan, how long was the worship service you went to in Mexico? Three and a half hours. So we're going to cut that short one hour here today, and we're going to go two and a half. No, I'm kidding. Some of you are like, I'll miss the football game. Uh, if if you're there, just you can go. It's all right. <laughs> we don't we don't mind. Um, Here's where we're going for the rest of the service, though, is we as a family, as a church family, have been gearing up for this Sunday as as an idea of, um, there's this great passage in Deuteronomy 12, 
where uh, the people are called to to just bring by leadership by God to say, come and bring your tithes, bring your free will offerings. It says, bring your precious possessions. And the people just responded in worship by saying, we have a God that sacrifices for us. We have a God that loves us. We want to sacrifice and give for the praise and glory of God. And this whole debt of love campaign, if you would, pull this out of your bulletin. This is a pledge card, and um, we're not going to have a big – I thought about wearing kind of a headset and being in front of you for hours like a telethon. I thought that just wouldn't fly. You know what this is? Um, this is a free will pledge. And I love this definition of the word pledge. It's a promise, assurance, or an undertaking. And there's some of you here in this room that you're like, man, this is what I want to give my life to. I've already been giving it to to this, and here is a tangible way for you to do this. In our family, we've been talking about this to our kids. We've been praying about this. I individually have just been asking the Lord, God, what is it over and above my regular tithes and offerings do you want me to pledge to give in the next five months? As an elder board, we prayed and reviewed and prayed some more. We've come up with this number of 51,000 that we want to say, uh, while a lot of ministry is going to continue on, we want to equip ourselves right here to better serve our neighbors and to better minister to the families that are right here in our community that so desperately need the hope of Christ in their life. So this morning, here's what's going to happen. We're going to sing a few songs as a band. And while we're singing that, much like you just got up and shared in communion, you received communion. Now here's kind of the completion of the circle. We're going to come and give, and we're just going to offer. If you're a visitor here and you have no idea what's happening, it's okay. This is for the family, and and we kind of know what's going on. Um, there's There's a planting pot right in front of this table. Some of you can see it. Some of you can't. What I'd invite you to do is this. One per family, one per couple, or just as an individual, come and drop your pledge card in here. Here's what's not going to happen with the pledge card. I am not going to harass you every week and make sure you're doing That's not what this is about. What this is is to draw a line in the sand and say, God, I am going to give this. As you provide, I'm going to just give this. I've already shared with you some of the creative ways that families in this room are saying, how can we sacrifice more? What else can we do, Lord? And God's just responding with some great ideas. It's awesome. This morning, I hope some of you have prepped a special gift that you've been saving for this Bring Your Tithe kind of a Sunday. Drop it in there. Make sure if you write a check, you write debt of love so we understand what this is going on. Instead of taking a second regular offering, this is also our offering this week. So if you want to put the offering in, uh, you can put your regular offering in here as well. If you're ready this week to fill out your card, you already know the amount and you want to fill it out, I want you to fill it out. Whoa, I almost fell off the stage and drop it in here. When you do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a plant and I want you to grab one of these cards. And here's what this plant represents. This plant represents the fact that um, this is something that's going to grow and change and needs to continue to be nurtured. It's not that we write a check one time, dump it in the offering, and it's totally off of our minds. These plants were put here yesterday by my lovely bride, and they need some water already. Today, when you take your plant and you take it home, you better water it. But if you just water it today and neglect it for the next five months, what's it going to look like in April of 2009 when this is over? Pretty lousy. 
If you get jacked up about missions and pumped up about serving God today and you water it, but it's just forgotten until April of 09, what's it going to look like? But what a beautiful picture to say that this started as a seed and by faith someone watered these. And miraculously there was our part in this, planting, watering, making sure the kids don't step on it. But do we cause the growth? Uh Uh-uh. So there's this God part that brings forth life. When you take this plant, put it in a prominent place in your home, on the mantle, on the windowsill, somewhere where it receives light, I hear that plants need light, and set this card right next to it, and it's going to remind you about this debt of love, this continuing debt of love. Listen to Isaiah 45.8. You heavens above, rain down righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness grow with it. I, the Lord, have created it. God, would you receive what we're bringing here this morning? And as we're about to sing in the lyrics, we're bringing so much more than our money. True, it's an indication of our heart. True, it's an indication of what we worship. True, it's an indication of where we're investing and what's valuable. But Lord, what you desire is us. And if our teacher gave everything and came not to be served, but to be a slave of all, we respond in kind. And we say, here we are, Lord. And it's just one representation of that. We want to sacrificially give to your kingdom work. Would you take the gifts that come right now and bless them in the name of Jesus? Amen. God, what an awesome prayer to end on. Um, Father, we just are grateful for your incredible love for us. I thank you for the truth that you showed your love for us by giving your life away. And God, I thank you for the examples. I pray that you would help us to do what Proverbs says to do and walk with the wise so that we would grow in wisdom, Lord. And just to get people like that into our home, rub shoulders with them. What a great way to do it while being out serving you and being like-minded to give our lives away. God, I thank you for the response, Lord. It's not a response to Neighborhood Bible Church or to a song. It's a response to the call of you on our lives, God. And Father, I just speak for all of us who are here and who are yours, God, that we just cry out with a grateful heart. We praise you. We thank you for being our Father, our protector, our returning King, God. And we walk out of here with a hope that is unshakable because of what you've done and are doing in our lives. We want others around this neighborhood and around the world to know that same hope. We love you and all God's people said, Amen. Grab a seat. I've got one more quick announcement and I'll get you out of here. We're going to, we're going to wrap up with a song as you go. But before you leave, um, I just want to make mention, we've talked about different service opportunities and, uh, let me just say that, uh, coming up in December, Ron, we're going to get you up here next week. I'm sorry. Um, We've got a a Help One Child Christmas party where Ron Rose and his family was up last week. He's the guy with the leathers, and uh, he'll be back uh, next week to share more. That's an immediate kind of response to say, I want to do something. I want to give my life away. I want to do more than wait till some trip way down the road. 
There are other trips coming. Steve Rusmantillo and his family um, uh, are, are in talks with a guy from Papua New Guinea, and God's doing incredible things in this mostly uh, Muslim area. And uh, Steve's just got this on his heart to, to, be, to be leading a trip over there. Um, Mexico is happening again this next summer. George and Stacy Palau, I've kept in touch with them, and we're going back there this next summer. That's an opportunity you need to go on. If you haven't gone and done that, it's a very kid-friendly trip. Lastly, many of you have brought uh, blankets and clean socks and jackets and hoodie sweatshirts, and on behalf of the people that I will meet tonight, thank you. Just imagine tonight when you go to bed and lay in your in your house, just go out in front and lay on your sidewalk for a second. And that's what the people I'm going to go meet tonight up in San Francisco are going to do. They're going to go to bed tonight on a park bench under somewhere. And, yeah, we could go and have all kinds of reasons of why they might be there and judge them. Or we could go and say, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you. Here are some clean socks. Here's a Starbucks card. Just go tromping into Starbucks and get yourself something warm to drink. Here's a nice hoodie sweatshirt. So thank you so much for bringing that stuff. It means the world to them. Every time I've gone, I've just had guys, mostly men out there with tears in their eyes saying, please keep doing what you're doing. This is awesome. And some of you in this room are going to go with me. And uh, it's tonight. Uh, we've been doing it for several years now. It's an awesome experience. If you want to find out more details, come and talk to me. We're leaving around 5.30. We'll back around 11.30. And uh, we're just going to go love on the people in San Francisco tonight around 9 o'clock. Um, it'll just be a powerful time and a way to just kind of demonstrate some of this. So um, you are dismissed. Awesome morning of worship just being together. We are going to have the pledge cards in one more week. For those of you who weren't prepped or didn't know, we'll do that again next week. Uh, the good Glenn Miller will be coming uh, next week to share with us from the book of John. So we'll be looking at John chapter 7. See you next week.